Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas, and we're doing Life Over Coffee, or maybe we're doing Life Over Tea, depending on what you like, perhaps water, soda, whatever you're drinking, let's do life. The Life Over Coffee podcast is the podcast where we deal with questions and issues that arise uh, out of our ministry from people who interact with us and they have questions. A lot of the questions come in on the forum. Sometimes we find the questions in other places. And last week, a lady wrote in admonishing me because of my interpretation of Ephesians 5.24. I do not believe that passage teaches that we are to submit, that wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Now, Paul said in that passage to submit to your husbands in everything, and she said I was wrong. She says, basically, the passage is clear. You are to submit to your husband and everything. And so I want to be careful. I, I listened to her and I decided I'd do a podcast on this. This is episode 156. The title of it is Submission to Husbands in Everything Doesn't Mean Everything. Now, perhaps you want to talk about this podcast, and if you do, I would love to chat with you about it. We have a team of folks, including myself, that interact with people every day of our lives. I can't think of a day that has gone by in the last six months or six years. Perhaps there's been one or two where people have not come to us. They come to us regularly, and it is our joy. It's our privilege to be able to do that. That's what this ministry is about. As I've said often, I don't want to be one of those ministries that just chunks out information. We want to be an interactive ministry. We want to chunk it out, but we also want to interact with you because everybody's situation is different. You are a unique individual with God, and you're interacting in your world, and we want to come alongside you the best that we can, give you the limited wisdom that we have, and if we can do that, that, that is our privilege. Now, what you have to do, you have to do something. We're not going to go to you, and I know there's so many people that, you know, they'll hang out on Facebook, and they won't leave, and they expect us to cater them, cater to them on Facebook. Well, th there aren't that many of us, and there are well, there are multiple, there are hundreds of thousands of you, and we just can't do that. But if your question is important to you, and that's really the big thing here, if it's really important to you, then you will do what we ask if you want us to help you. And so go to our website, get your free username and password if you don't have one, and then you can access our community forum if you're not technologically savvy. Just scroll to the bottom of the website and says, contact us and say, hey, I don't know how to get a username. And somebody will respond to you. And that's one of the uh, airmarks of our ministry. I hear this regularly. just heard it yesterday. Thank you for responding so quickly. That's what we do. And we will respond to you and we'll help you set up your username and password so that you can get on our forums and ask your questions. And there's no catch whatsoever. Is free. It's what we do. Now, maybe you want to talk about something else. That's fine. You can ask that question, too. We answer all questions that pertain to life and godliness, your relationship with God, a personal struggle you're going through, some relational difficulty you are in, some situational challenge that's happening to you. Let us serve you. We will do that. If you want to read the show notes to this podcast, again, it's episode 
156, 156, the title, submission to husbands and everything. Does it mean everything? When Paul said in Ephesians 5, 24, that a wife is supposed to submit to her husband and everything, that is the question. Did he mean everything? I believe the Bible is explicitly clear. Paul did not mean everything. I'm going to push this out farther than what you are anticipating right now. I'm going to push it as far as you can possibly push it. And I'm, I'm going to say that if you believe that Paul meant everything, then you are borderline blasphemous. That may be blasphemy. Give me a listen. Let me read the text and we'll get into it now that I have your attention. The passage is Ephesians 5, 22, 23, and 24. Let me read it to you. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also, here it is. Here's what, here's what the lady was talking about. Wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Again, it's Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. She wrote in and she asked me to be more careful when I say, because I have said this before, I've said it a few times, that the Bible does not teach that a wife is to submit to her husband and everything. And of course, she referenced Ephesians 5.24 as her proof text. Now, when I read her uh, note to me, I thought it was unusual for a woman to admonish me about my belief that a husband does not have absolute authority over a wife. Typically, and, and maybe not just typically, but every time someone admonishes me about this is always a man. I tried to think how many women are there were there any women in my past who admonished me like this lady did. And I can't really think of any at this point. It seems as though it has always been a man who misinterprets this passage so he can maintain his unobstructed rule over his wife. But I'm, I'm glad it was a woman who's doing this so I could do this podcast because a lot of women get really angry at this point about this idea of su submission and the abuses of submission. And I understand why, because it is abused. And I'm not just talking about the husbands who abuse this idea of absolute authority and manipulating their wives, but also church leaders do this as well. And I understand why they get married, uh, why they get angry, rather. But I was glad that it was a woman. It kind of it puts another perspective on this. And then as I was thinking about it a little further, I, I began to realize that, well, there are a lot of women who believe this. They really do believe this. Now, maybe it's just because men have been teaching them this, and so they've come to believe it. I don't know how they came to believe it, but they do. And so here she is. This is a lady that believes what Paul meant when he said everything, everything. Here's my first point. No one has absolute authority over you except for God. Nobody. And so my most compassionate response to her is that she is misinterpreting this passage of Scripture. Now, my most direct way of responding to her is that 
she is speaking blasphemy if she believes this. When you set up any human as absolute authority over you, that person is in a more powerful position than God. That's the only place that you can go with her interpretation of everything in Ephesians 5.24. According to this lady, she is to submit to her husband in everything with no counter-argument. Now, I'm assuming that she's married. I do not know this lady. She may not be married. She could be a single lady. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is that when you set up any human as absolute authority coming from this passage here in Ephesians 5.24, that you submit to him in everything. That is an absolute authority. There is no wiggle room here. That's borderline blasphemy, or it is blasphemy when you have no counter-argument. For example, if you take her interpretation that you are to submit to him in everything, if her husband... Ask her to kill her son. She'd have to submit to his request because she believes that you submit to her husband, that she submits to her husband in everything. Perhaps her husband asked her to lie, to cheat, to steal. In any of these cases, her allegiance to him would be higher than submitting to God because God has a different opinion. On these requests, God does not want you to kill your son. God does not want you to lie, to cheat, or steal. But according to her interpretation of this passage, she is to submit to her husband in everything, no wiggle room, no counter argument. Nobody is absolute authority over God. Now, one of the other things that I would want to say to her, and I guess if she does listen to this podcast, I don't know if she is, but I'll say it to you, is do you know hermeneutics? Do you know what the word hermeneutics means? The word hermeneutics is, in the most succinct way of defining it, is the science of interpretation. Now, for us, it's the science of Bible interpretation. It's a way of interpreting passages of Scripture, I was talking to my children about this the other night, and my daughter made some reference, and I'm, going, I'm not going to quote her exactly, but I'll give you the idea, and you'll understand what we're saying. So I was explaining to them what hermeneutics is and, and how we do hermeneutics all the time. We have to have a science of interpreting everything that we read, for example, or we'll miss out. And she was telling me about her school teacher, and it, it said in some report or a newspaper article, I don't remember, Miss So-and-so was high. And if you interpret that just as you see it in, in, the pr- in print, well, it, it seems to say that her school teacher was getting high. But what she was really saying is that her teacher was elevated, maybe on a ladder or something. And so she understood, my daughter understood, that you have to have hermeneutical principles when you interpret a passage of Scripture, or you will abuse not just a passage of Scripture, but a letter that somebody writes you, or an email that somebody writes you, and there are many hermeneutical principles, and having a sound hermeneutic is critical when interpreting Bible words, like this word, 
uh, everything, or Bible verses, passages, meanings, context. Now, Paul's readers knew what he was saying, and what he said to them made sense to them. It would have been confusing if Paul had said, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to submit to your husband in some things, but not everything. Well, that would have really been weird. That perspective would lead to similar problems as those who wanted to get a divorce for any reason. You remember when the Pharisees came to Jesus in Matthew 19 and they were uh, rehashing and discussing this idea of divorce out of Deuteronomy 24, 1, 2, 3, and 4. And it says in 19.3, Matthew, the Pharisees came to him and testing him by asking, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And there were some people that had that interpretation. And if Paul had wrote out in Ephesians that, well, you know, you can submit to your husband in some things, but not everything, do you see what a mess that would be? The most effective way to write that passage of Scripture in Ephesians 5 is say, submit to your husband in everything in that sentence, in that verse there. But then again, we have to have sound hermeneutical principles because if a person interpreted the last sentence of the paragraph, and the, the paragraph is 20 through, 22 through 24, if you interpreted that last sentence, the word everything, in the micro, they would only see the word everything without any modification. But there is a hermeneutical principle that says we are not supposed to read a sentence, sentence or a word as though we're looking at it through a microscope. Imagine that your way of interpreting the Bible is you take a microscope and you look down at a singular word or a singular verse or sentence and you interpret that passage in the micro as you see it and there is no context whatsoever. That would be awful and it would lead to all kinds of problems and by the way, that happens all the time. And so one of the hermeneutical principles that we have is that we interpret passages within the context, not looking through a microscope in the micro. To understand a verse, you must interpret it in the macro, in the context in which it sits, in which the word sits, in this case, the word everything. Paul is saying that wives are to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord, or in a similar way that they submit to the Lord. That's the context. Let me read to you again verse 22, which is where he begins this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So now... Paul is modifying that word, everything, by saying that the wife's submission to her husband flows out of her submission to her Lord. And how does she submit to her Lord? Well, there's a long list of things there. Two things that come to mind is she submits to her Lord in holiness. She submits to her Lord without sinning. Those are two ways that she submits to her Lord. If you submit to your husband in a similar way that you submit to the Lord, 
it's apparent that your submission cannot include sin. The words in everything broadens the scope. And that's what Paul did. He broadened the scope. You submit to him in everything. Now, what that does, it it leaves the wife without this option to pick and choose how she wants to submit. That's why if he would have said, submit to your husband in some things, that would have been a mess. And so Paul says, I want you to submit to your husband in everything. He broadens the scope so the wife is not left to pick and choose how she wants to submit. But then Paul uses the words, unto the Lord. That modifies that scope. So her husband does not demand that she has no mind no voice, no relationship with God. And so Paul is communicating to both the husband and the wife here. Wife, you submit to your husband in everything. That's the broadness of the scope. But he also wants both the husband and wife to know that she is to submit to him as she does the Lord. Now, that's a clear teaching to the husband that you can't take advantage of this situation that she has no mind, she has no voice, she has no relationship with God. And so now we're not looking at the word in everything through a microscope, but we're looking at it in context. Now, there's another hermeneutical principle that is, we call it comparing Scripture with Scripture, which ties to another one that teaches if one passage is unclear, you look to another passage to gain clarity. That happens all the time. You want to compare one scripture with another scripture because sometimes you get into these murky passages like 524 and it's not clear to you and so you don't take it in isolation. For example, I want to give you two verses and if you take them in isolation, you'll see how you can get into all kinds of trouble. One verse is Romans 13.1. In Romans 13.1 it says, "...let every person be subject to the governing authorities." Now, if you interpret that passage of Scripture in the micro, isolate it, pull it out, you can make it mean all kinds of things, and it could be so problematic. And then we have Acts 5.29. The verse says this, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. And so in Romans 13, 1, you submit yourself, subject yourself to governing authorities. In Acts 5, 29, Peter's saying, we obey God rather than men. In one passage, we are to submit to civil authorities. The other passage, we are to obey God rather than men. But as you compare Scripture with Scripture, you can use wisdom that would lead you to, one, obey your government, unless they're asking you to do things that the Bible would forbid The Romans and Acts passages, they don't contradict each other. They add to each other. They give a fuller understanding of how God wants us to live in his world if you are using sound hermeneutical principles. And so one hermeneutical principle is you interpret a passage in context. Another hermeneutical principle is you compare Scripture with Scripture. A third hermeneutical principle is the non-contradictory principle. The Bible does not contradict itself. But without a mature understanding of the Bible, you could isolate 
text, like what this lady was doing. And you can make them mean things that the Bible would never condone. So when you read Ephesians 5.24, submit to your husbands and everything, and it's unclear to you, what you want to do is to look at other passages to help you gain perspective on the lack of clarity found in one verse. Now, if you, if you look at other passages, for example, one, one of the conclusions that you would come up, I mean, it's just so logical, is that you cannot sin. And so when you look at this passage in 524 and it says, submit to your husband and everything, and you run that out as far as you want to run it, well, eventually you'll run into the possibility of him asking you to sin. And if you only isolate this passage of scripture, then you're going to submit to that and you're going to do all kinds of things. Everything cannot mean everything because that would open the door for your husband to ask you to do things that God forbids. And your husband should never ask you to sin. Let's talk about this idea of sinning, comparing Scripture with Scripture. There are hundreds of sentences in the Bible, paragraphs, books that teach how you are not to sin. For example, if you were commanded to submit to your husband in everything, you would be breaking the first commandment because your husband would be an idol. In Exodus 20, verse number 3, it says, You shall have no other gods for, for, before me. And that's why I use the strong language at the head of this podcast that if you run this out as far as you can run it, you're talking blasphemy. If you submit to your husband in everything, then he is in a higher place of authority than God because he could ask you to sin, and you would be breaking the first commandment. But there are hundreds of other passages that talk about how we are not to sin, and I'm not going to give them to you because you know them and if you don't know them, you could virtually, I would, I would just ask you to open up the New Testament and just read for five minutes, and, and there would be things that you would read that the Bible would forbid you from doing, that it would be sinful to do. But if you submit to your husband in everything, then that means that he could make you, manipulate you, force you to do those things because of this isolated view of submitting in everything. It is illogical. It is, and that is the thing that was, it was kind of mystifying to me, again, that this lady had that interpretation because it's so illogical. Forget unbiblical. It's just illogical to have this view. And I, I don't ever think I've, I've never really thought about this in the context of a woman before because it seems like most women understand this but i have thought about this a lot with men men who hold this view that their wives are to submit to them in everything is it's absolutely illogical it's unbiblical it's ludicrous and it's it's frightening and i've seen that i've seen that with husbands that this, they pull that passage out so that they can use it to meet their agendas, and then they browbeat their wives into submitting to them. It's absolutely frightening, and as I said, it's potentially, and I'm modifying it, but, but the truth is, <laughs> it's blasphemous. 
To say that a wife is to submit to her husband or to any other person than God in everything. This is episode 156, Submission to Husbands in Everything Doesn't Mean Everything. And if you want to read more on this, I have three articles here that are embedded. One of them is titled, Submission is Never the Main Problem in Marriage. And in that article, I'm coming from the angle because, I, again, I hear so much from husbands who demand submission. And wives should submit. There's no question about that. But there is a mutual responsibility within the marriage. Yes, submission is part of the responsibility within the marriage, but also leading well is part of the responsibility as well. And so submission is never the main problem in marriage. You can read that article. And then there's a second one here, when it's okay to go against your husband's wishes. And then a third one, are you supposed to submit to your husband in every way? It's kind of a derivation written by one of our writers. Uh, She's sharing her perspective on this idea of submitting to your husband in every way, and you can read her perspective as well. But if you have some questions that you would like to talk to me regarding this uh, podcast, episode 156, Submission to Husbands and Everything, doesn't mean everything. I want you to talk to me about it. I don't want to be unkind. I don't want to be harsh. And I've used some very strong language here, but it is important that we have sound hermeneutics, that we understand the science of Bible interpretation, that we know how to interpret scriptures, because when we start isolating texts like this and make them mean whatever it is that we make them mean or what we want them to mean, we're going to get in a whole lot of trouble and we're going to hurt a lot of people. So let me ask you a few questions, three of them. Number one, this is to wives. Does your husband demand that you submit to him in everything? Does he? I hope to God not, but I know that it's true for many wives that they are in this situation. Number two, does anyone other than the Lord, including your church leaders, manipulate you into submitting to them in everything? If you're in that kind of situation, by all means, get out of it if you can. And I know it's complicated for some people. If you're in a situation where you're you're married and you have children and your husband provides the income, there is a lot of complicating factors. To, and so I don't want to make it sound easy, but I do want to draw attention to this. Maybe you can allow your husband to listen to this podcast He won't like it, especially if he has a a staunch, hardcore view of this idea of submission. He will not like what I'm saying, but maybe that's a possibility that you can let him or read the show notes here without listening to this podcast because I'm using such strong language. Number three, do you have a biblical understanding and response to Paul's teaching in Ephesians 5.24 that refutes the absolute authority of a husband and the absolute authority of a church? Now, if your husband wants to interact with me, let him use your username and password, or he can get his own. It doesn't matter to me. But within a family, within a marriage, you can use the same one or you can get your own unique username and password, and I'll be glad to interact with you. But this is such an important uh, uh, conversation that we all should have. 
And if you can't explain Ephesians 5.24, you need to learn how to explain it because there's a possibility that you're going to be in context of a couple or an individual, a spouse, who's struggling with this idea of submission, headship, leadership. And you don't want to be caught off guard. You need to understand this verse. But you cannot, by all means, you cannot take a verse of Scripture and a microscope and look down on a word or a verse or a sentence and come up with a comprehensive understanding of what the writer of the passage is meaning. And so you need to take it within context. You need to understand that passages do not contradict. You need to compare Scripture with Scripture so that you can get a complete understanding of the teaching. And this is one of the more important under, uh, teachings that you will encounter within the marriage is this idea of leadership and submission, and it is abused so often. And so if your husband would be willing to listen to this podcast, husband, I appeal to you. It's just not true. You do not have absolute authority. Your wife completes you. You should listen to her. Wives, you should listen to your husbands. Y'all should be uh, in unity. You're a one flesh union. You're not competitors. And so you want to listen to each other so that you can both mature together for the glory of God. And so, husband, if you have this view that she is, is to submit in, in everything, please let's talk about it. Come to our website and we'll be glad to try to work through it so that you can have a better marriage. You can have a better understanding of the Bible. Thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.